Hey, welcome back, everybody, to That Recruiter Show with me, Rodney Stegall, and David York. So uh, how was your first first uh, podcast? Did you enjoy it? I did. You know, I um, the, the topics I think that we're covering, Rodney, are, are actually pretty meaningful. And, and I tend to, for whatever reason, have a lot of passion around the uh, people and things that impact people at work. Um, and then obviously, you know, last week, as we talked about AI, that certainly, you know, when you're looking through the lens of work, there, there are things to talk about, but AI is just such a gigantic topic. Yeah. Um, and it's so real and, and, uh, just coming down the pipeline in such a way that it's going to impact far more than just our work lives. Yeah. Uh, but, but again, I have a lot of passion around that. And then our topic today that we're going to get into in a minute, which I'll <laughs> let you introduce, I think is another pretty, pretty good hot button, very real time, very meaningful topic to a lot of people. So I'm, I'm actually very excited to, to get into that with you today. Yeah, you know, and it's a lot of fun. So what I found is is as well when we started doing these was it was kind of a highlight of my week just to kind of sit down and chat a little bit. Like in a corporate job, you don't really get to to just take a an hour out of the day and and talk to one of your colleagues and record it like this, right? And put yourself out there. And I think it's fun. And I think as as recruiters, we don't have a show. You know what I mean? There's there's so many business shows and, and no one really takes our point of view. Mm -hmm. So I think that's that's the fun part of it. Yeah, I would agree. And I and that is in in sad ways, I think very painfully obvious in what we've seen in so many different areas of of the workforce right now, um, where companies are not taking the, the point of view of the recruiters and what's happening. Um, and, and I, I think you can argue that with all the layoffs, even in tech and, and everything and, and other industries as well, that it, it seems to be a very short term way to look at things mm -hmm. and, and it's all about shareholder value. And, and so it's a pretty cutthroat way to, to look at things. And, you know, and I am, I am confident in saying that, you know, in the next, and I'm guessing here, you know, that I'm going to say the next 10, 12, 18 months that's going to change in a big way. And those companies will go to hire back recruiters mm -hmm. and, and then in, in order to be able to fill all the positions and, and at the end of the day, is that really any cost savings long-term anyway, what they did right between the layoffs and the rehiring and all that you have to go through, you know, and I've read things that maybe not. So mm -hmm. I think it's, I think it's nice that, that we're doing something like this and, and hopefully the, the, at least the recruiting population out there that listens to us will will get a little something out of it uh as well yeah yeah and i, I think you that was that's the topic for next week which is stakeholder versus shareholder value we can <laughs> that's a whole different yeah, way of running absolutely businesses. absolutely so how's your week going though my week my week is good um so short of my both my wife and my daughter being sick oh. um and me trying to avoid it it was, uh, and so far so good, although I am a little hoarse today. And, and so I'm thinking maybe it's going to get me, but, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's been good, you know, um, you know, I don't think we've mentioned this before and I'm going to take a shameless plug right now, but you know, you and I are, are, are starting a business. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, we are sort of soft launched, but the, the official launch is coming here in about another week or so and, uh, intrepidus talent solutions. And so, that, you know, all of these, these things that you need to do to start up a business that, that, that we're going through is, um, has been taking up a lot of my time, but it's also been exciting. And I'm, and I'm really, really excited that you and I are actually starting this thing. I think it's going to be, it's going to be big. It's going to be fun. Um, also stressful, but at the same time, I'm, I'm really excited about what we're doing. And I think that we're actually doing it at a really good time because I know that there are a lot of companies now that still have recruiting needs, but don't have recruiting teams. Mm -hmm. And so I think there's a very, very good opportunity for us to come in and, and add a lot of value in a lot of places. Yeah, do the plug, man. It's it's cool. It's our show. We that's true. That's a good point. <laughs> that's a good point. And you know, I think it's you know, it's fun. I know we've we've got another topic, and but you know, I think it's fun if you've never been in this environment or, or situation. I'll say not environment, but situation, because there's a flip that you have to undergo when you're working for someone versus working for yourself and the idea of providing a service for a, for a, a client versus internally. So you're, you're kind of captured talent in one and in the other, you're truly kind of consultative and yep. 
two totally different mindsets, which has been fun getting back into that mindset, um, having done it before. And, and I see it happening in you, which is, which is also fun. Um, but yeah, you're right. We're going to have a lot of fun. And, you know, I certainly would say if anybody has any, any talent problems in general that they want to discuss with us, we love, we're talent nerds and we love talking about it. Give us a call, um, or, or send us a note. So happy to do that. Yep, absolutely. And, and, uh, no, and I appreciate you saying that, Rodney. It's been, it's been fun. You know, I've, I've been out of the search, the true search world for, for a while. I started my career there, uh, you know, and have grown it through a lot of different, you know, large and mid-sized companies. And so I think that between the two of us, we really do have a lot to bear. You know, mm -hmm. there's, I, I think if I, if I do the math and I'm going to, I'm going to say it and age us, but I think between the two of us, we've got about 45 years of experience yeah. in, in, in very, in very sophisticated places and in not so sophisticated places. And so I think all of that taken together, we collectively can really get to some great solutions for people and have, have a lot of knowledge to bring to bear. And I, I hope that doesn't sound, you know, braggadocious or whatever, but I, but I really do believe that we, that we have a lot to offer and I'm, I'm really excited to be able to go out into the market and, mm -hmm. and make it happen. Yeah. You know, there is, there's definitely a joy um, to being able to bring a fortune five level point of view to a mom and pop shop and, and to work with them and, and help bring kind of that mentality and, and some of those perspectives, I think in, it's just fun. So. Yeah. Agree. Agree. We're so have a good anyway, yep, yeah, we definitely are. Then I think that is our, our shameless plug for the morning. Um, but uh, do we want to get into the, get into the topic? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think I saw this in, uh, I guess some post this week, which is just around return to office. And the way I've seen it happen and roll out has been really interesting. So I'm, I'm just going to lead with that. It's, you know, the way I've seen it roll out has been, we did this two-year experiment with hybrid and remote work, mostly remote, right, during COVID. And I think at some point, executives just kind of wiped their hands and said, we're done with that. Everybody come on back. And... I don't know that that was the way to to really implement a true hybrid work workplace. And I'll give you my perspective, which is to say, I've always worked hybrid. Like I've very rarely been co-located with my teams. And so to see people actually being very productive in all kinds of different industries and then being told, well, you got to come in and collaborate. I don't know that that meets people where they are. What do you think? You know, Roddy, I will 100% agree with you on that. And I've seen how companies have tried to be heavy handed. And and, and I'll just take um, a large, I don't know if we can say company names on here or not, but I'll just take a large phone maker um, <laughs> that based in the Bay Area, South Bay-ish, Cupertino-ish, um, <laughs> that 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 got a little heavy-handed with it, sort of out of the gate, mm -hmm. and the backlash that they received was enormous. And then because of that, they backtracked, mm -hmm. and that hasn't that hasn't, and, and I've seen that in a couple of other instances as well. So I think that that companies are realizing that oh well, maybe we can't. Although then you also have the so you look at the big banks in New York, right? Mm -hmm. They're all they're all coming down as heavy-handed as possible um, to make sure that they get people back in the office. And I will tell you, there's something I read, oh gosh, yesterday, day before, where no, I'm sorry, it's not a bank. This is a law firm, but still in the services area, that is going to be talk. They're talking about tying bonuses to attendance. Whoa, in the office. Yep, and it's a big law firm, and so they and I don't I I as I understand it that hasn't been implemented yet, but it is now out there. Mm -hmm. It is being talked about, and so to me, that's really that's a very funny way to play it, right? That's that's it's it's juvenile in my mind. Yeah, you know, because it's kind of like to me if you you know go back to I don't know high school, middle school, where you know your your grade might get bumped a little bit if you've got <laughs> you know, better at better attendance. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, which, which might make sense back in, you know, the eighth grade, but, but when you're trying to do this to really highly educated, highly compensated professionals, that just seems 
man, I just think that's going to go over like a lead balloon at the end of the day, yeah, you know, because I know that particularly in law firms, you know, bonuses, at least to some extent are predicated on hours, things like that. Right. And so now you've got, let's say you got somebody that that's working a ton of hours and killing it. And you're like, well, my, my bonus will be less because I'm not in the office as much as you want me to be mm-hmm. for whatever reason. I, I just, I just don't see that as a, as a viable solution. And, and so uh, I think that goes to the whole other side of, of the coin and how heavy handed some, I think some places are trying to yeah, be. That's, that's, I don't know if the paternalistic is probably the best way I can, I can put that. And I get it. I, you know, I think, and I felt bad for you, right? We worked together and, and that team was what, 50 something people. Yeah. And when you're entirely remote and everybody's in this virtual meeting and it's a blank screen, that's difficult as a leader and and you your mind naturally starts to go are we really collaborating here are people paying attention um and so there there are absolutely collaboration questions and issues that come up when you have a team that's remote or working hybrid but i I don't know if it's right to to start mandating things right it's it's the whole idea Mm of come into the office and collaborate and be innovative that's not how it works And, you know, the idea of collaboration and innovation doesn't necessarily mean you have to be in the same room to do that. And, you know, I've I've worked with teams that I've had people in India, London, Florida, Texas, California, and Connecticut. And I think based on the relationships that you build, that starts to help you build the the collaboration and the innovation, not necessarily the fact that you're together. Um, and again, I, when I look at the way that this is implemented, it is some version of exactly what you said. It's everybody come in these days. And by the way, we're checking bad swipes. And mm-hmm. I don't know that that's the right way to treat other adults. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I would agree. And I think, I think what, what that kind of behavior leads to ultimately is people leaving, right? Mm-hmm. And people people will vote with their feet, you know. And when you have an economy like we have now, it's kind of it's it's an interesting economy in that you know you've got I think certain certain areas where there's a lot of fear, um, and I think big tech is one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, I think to some extent even some of the consulting firms now that have done some layoffs, you know, big consulting firms, big four firms, all of that. And and I think that in those instances with the banks, you know, obviously we've heard about the layoffs at the banks, the big banks. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about bank bank failures. I'm talking about the banks that still exist, <laughs> you know, that have laid you know laid off their investment banking, you know, a bunch of their investment bankers. And I think that that those companies right now have an ability to be heavy-handed because there's a lot of fear in the system. Yeah. And and kind of this, if you don't do what I say, well, we'll see what happens to you. You know, would it be a you know? I'll just performance manage you out, or I'll or 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 whatever. But you know, the the idea is that your job is in jeopardy. And if you're a software engineer, it may not be or a talent acquisition person, and you know, it may not be as easy for you to go get a job right now. Right. So so you, so you what you'll do is you'll put up with it, you'll tolerate it, you'll do what needs to be done to get by. But the minute things change, you you see the exodus, right? You're going to see people that go like, I didn't like the way I was treated, so I'm going to go to another company that is a little more flexible that meets my needs. And I think you said something a while ago that is spot on, which is this companies aren't meeting people where they are. Mm-hmm. And and I think that that is a big mistake. And I think, though, it's hard to know where people are. But, you know, there's a lot of stats out there. And, and you know, even some of the, the things that you and I have talked about and looked at together, it's it, there's a mismatch. Right. You've got here's what companies are trying to do. And you've got here's what people want. Right. And what's interesting to me, though, is that it, it, neither is it the absolute meaning. I want only remote or only five days a week. Like most people, whether it's a company or the people are more are, are in or somewhere between two and four days. Mm-hmm. Right. So now we've got even a smaller window, I think, where 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 you could, quote unquote, negotiate. But I think even what you see is people settling on two and three days, a whole lot more than even four days. Mm-hmm. And and but companies aren't aren't as much doing that, at least from from what I have seen. And so it's 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 very it, it's interesting to me that there isn't a little more discussion with employees about what they want. Yeah. And maybe there isn't some companies I'm being general, but it seems to me that it's top down 
very much right now on here's what's going to happen. If you don't like it too bad, this is what we're doing. And I just, I, I don't see that as being a, a great way to run anything for a long term. Like maybe, maybe you'll get away with that for a period of time, but, but I just don't think that that's going to be something that is going to be sustainable for, for businesses. Yeah. I th- you know, and it's funny because there's a, there's a huge cost savings that could have been had if you were a large organization because you don't need office space anymore. Mm-hmm. So you can look at that as an opportunity, but, but I got the, and this is just my opinion, right? I, someone can disagree with me all, all day long on this, but I just kind of got the feeling that a lot of executives looked and saw empty offices. I was like, people need to get back in here, you know, pandemics over, get back in. And again, it <clears throat> that might work for some functions where maybe you need to be in the same room at some point, but even if people want to be in the office two and three days a week, that's not the adjustment that we've made over the last two years. Mm-hmm. And, and wanting to collaborate two and three days a week doesn't even mean that, okay, everybody needs to come in Tuesday through Thursday because our lives changed in the last two years. I don't know that I could do that again. Yeah. I'm, I am 100% with you in that. I, I wouldn't want to, yeah. I, I really wouldn't. And I, and I'm not, I like being around people. It's not that, but um, you know, there's, there's a lot of factors that play into that as well. And, and you look at like, I'll just, I'll just take New York for an example, uh, or you could probably argue this in San Francisco to some degree as well, but certainly New York is, you know, you, you now have the things in New York that are exacerbating people's ability to get to work too, right? There's mm-hmm. a lot more crime. There's issues on the right. subways, like we, like we've never seen. And so you, now you have the, the fear factor that just getting there that, that people are suffering and people have made choices over the pandemic to move. Mm-hmm. based on the fact that in some cases, I think it was, well, I don't think we'll ever go back to that. So then you're actually, we're kind of rolling the dice, but there have been companies that have said, nope, this is what we're doing. And then it backtracked, right. you know, right. you know, meaning this is what we're doing. Like, oh yeah, we're going to be remote. Oh, well, just kidding. Um, mm-hmm. Now, now we're really not, we're not, we're going to expect you to be in some, some period of time. And, and I'm, there is a very large accounting firm that, that just did that, that I know all too well. Um, which I thought was very interesting. And, and I think to your point, it's, it's interesting about the offices. There's some other, there's another spin on that that I think is very sort of old school, but still pervasive because you still have a lot of old school people in leadership. Sure. Um, and that's, and I mean, maybe, maybe I'm one of them. I don't, I don't, I don't know, but I'm not certainly, <laughs> you know, I'm You're not, not in my sixties yet. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. But, um, but you think about, think about the old days, right. And particularly when you tar- start to talk about, the big banks or the big professional services firms or consulting firms or whatever, you know, and, and you've got that proverbial corner office. Where do you think mm-hmm. that came from? Right. There's prestige and yeah. things that come with that. And so I'm one, you know, and again, now this is just me playing amateur psychologist, but I wonder if there's, if that's factoring in that like, well, I want to get back into my prestige. I want to have my minions sitting in their cubes mm-hmm. and I want to sit in my, you know, sit in my corner office, you know, as the power player within, you know, my law firm, my, my investment bank or whatever. And you can't do that. if Nobody's there to check you out in your corner office. Right. 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 Kind of like if a tree falls in the woods and there's nobody there to hear, it doesn't make a sound. Mm-hmm. Um, you know? And, and so I, I do think point being, I do think there is this perception of loss of maybe loss of prestige, loss of power as people control. have taken control as people have taken some of that back by being able to to work from home and and uh, and whatnot over the last, particularly over the last two you know couple of years of the pandemic, so very, I don't know. Again, that's just me being an amateur psychologist, but I do think that there's something to it. No, in I've, certain in certain sectors, I you know for the last three years now, I've spoken to small business owners, and control is like a major fact. Like they are so freaked out, or they were the ones that I spoke with, over not knowing and being able to go and see what people were doing. Like mm-hmm. the level of, of discomfort that they had with that was palpable. I was like, you, you really have to learn to manage their output and not worry about what are you doing this second and not being able to to check in and, and make sure that every second of the day they're doing whatever you told them to do. Mm-hmm. That's a very real thing. As, as much as, as the world gets on micromanagers, it, that ain't going away. You know, right. And I think there's a there's a piece of that. Right. And, you know, it comes right back to control and, and being able to see and, and 
and touch and, and have a, a tactile understanding of what's going on in your organization as a leader. I get that. Having had a different experience, I also see the flip side of that to where if you can build a culture that is based on trust and output and, and people understand what needs to be done and they do it, you don't have to worry about that. And I kind of wonder how much of that is at play right now. Oh, I think it's huge. And, and I think that that is, you're exactly right with that point as well, Roddy. Um, I, and I've had this discussion actually with leaders very much about that. And, and you and I, I think came up in a similar way, you know, where, you know, in my roles, when I was at PwC or when I was at Northrop, you know, and I granted I was in a little bit more of a leadership role, but I had the flexibility. I could kind of come in and go when I wanted. Mm -hmm. And, um, but, you know, but at the same time I was there enough and, and a lot, I would actually argue. And, you know, but, but, and I, and I had the same idea with my team. It's like, here's, here's the expectation. Here's what we're doing. Mm -hmm. You know, if you go out and you have to meet, you know, you have to go out to a campus, for example, in, in one of, in, in that situation, um, I don't expect you to come back to the office if it's actually at all, you know, if you mm -hmm. want to just go home after that and work from home, that, that's totally fine. And, and when you hire well and have really good people, it works out really, really well for you. And I, and I know these are different types of jobs. And then there are certain jobs where you, you literally have to be there. Like if you're putting rivets in a plane, you have to be there, <laughs> right. um, you know, you, you know, but I, you know, and, and this does probably apply to some extent a little more to the white collar world, but at the same time, if you hire good people and, and to, to your point, set up that trust, I think you get more out of people that way mm -hmm. than if you try to push them to do things just because, because people are smart and, and I know how I, and I, and I always try to look through like, well, how would that make me feel lens? And if somebody's saying, well, you have to be in, well, why? Right. And, and the answer is because I want you to be in, because you can collaborate. And I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. really? You know, um, when you give me these nebulous answers, it doesn't do anything for me. And then it just makes me irritated. It's condescending, it, right? It is. And, and it is kind of this lack of trust. You're just like, so you're just kind of saying, well, maybe I don't totally trust what you're doing when I can't see you. I'm checking your badge cards. And that is a common yeah. thing. As part of this, I've heard so many times that you need to come in X, X days a week. And by the way, we're checking badge swipes. It's like, geez, Louise. Yeah. It's well, what's going to happen is they're going to have a whole lot more badges left on the desk and people are going to take their services elsewhere because talented people, even if they can't make a move today, can make a move here in the not too distant oh, future. Yeah. And, and really, 12 months is not that long. And so, even you know, and I, and I am a firm believer that things will be different in 12 months, although, you know, I, we'll see, I guess. Yeah. But what? at the same time, it, 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 it's going to happen. It's inevitable. Things always change. There are cycles. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, and, and I think the companies that embrace this more are going to be the huge beneficiaries mm -hmm. of this um, when when these other companies really start to see that people are just not going to do this. Yeah. And, you know, I think a couple of things. A, this is the equivalent of, of taking my red swing line stapler. Uh-huh. Right. You've, you've kind of like, if you take this away from me now, you've taken everything, right? You haven't you haven't kept me up with, with wage increases for the last three years, you know, all these other things. And then you're, you're taking this away from me at some point, you know, people are, people are going to remember that. And this is a totally different way of working that I think some companies have figured out. Some haven't, I think as a function, if we come back to talent acquisition, this is what we do. We collaborate with people day in, day out in, in ways that we're just not in the same room, whether that's a hiring manager in a different part of the campus or a different part of the country and candidates who are sitting at home, this is what we do. So, you know, the idea that recruiters need to be on site is just insanity to me because mm -hmm. if there's any, any function that doesn't need to be there, it's us because our entire point of being is to collaborate and build mm -hmm. relationships and turn those that collaboration and relationships into productivity. So I, I, and I'll, you know, complete honesty, there are two jobs that I've kind of had to, had to kind of bow out of because of this. And mm -hmm. you know, one was with a huge bank 
And it was, yeah, you got, this would have to be three days a week, 90 miles away. And like, I can't, I can't drive 90 miles back and forth three days a week. I got a family. And the other was, you know, in a different location, but I'm again, coming from the last 11 years of my life, collaborating remotely, I'm like, okay, I guess not, you know, not for me. It's just a yeah, weird thing. I, well, it is. And, and you know what, Rodney, and quite frankly, those companies lost out on a really good person because they didn't want to be a little bit more flexible, you know, and, and I think is, it's, it's intrepid has gained. <laughs> well, it did. It, it, I mean, it led you to us. Um, but, you know, and so, so for that, I am thankful. But, um, you know, but I think, you know, it's so for recruiters, especially, it's pretty, pretty easy to maintain the collaboration through all the tools that we have, mm -hmm. I think. I would argue. And then, you know, and we are social creatures typically. And so, you know, if you can get people together one or two times a year, you know, mm -hmm. um, as a team, that goes a long way in, in establishing very, actually very bonded relationships in my experience. And then if you're a recruiter and you're willing to do just a little bit of travel to, you know, maybe you're hiring managers or maybe there's a cluster of hiring managers mm -hmm. you want to go meet in person, you know, figure out, you know, how to make that happen. You know, there's, there, there's ways to do it that, that are, that, that don't require the day in and day out, you know, drudge of the commute, right. Just for the sake of being there. And, and again, I go back to this idea. It, it's, it's in my view, what's happening is you've got the CEOs in the, a lot of these companies where their comfort level and the only way they know how to solve the problem of collaboration. And mm -hmm. I'm going to keep going back to that is you got to be in, right. You know, but, but I don't know that you can argue that, that if, if you're in more is necessarily going to be, be done, particularly when you like, you've seen the productivity of the last few years. Right. And so for me, it's, it's rather than going like, well, all right, the, the, the world has changed via the pandemic. Maybe I don't like it as a C as a CEO. I would like to have everybody in, but I realize that maybe isn't, isn't the best way to do it. It goes back to meeting pe people where they are. Can we figure out other ways mm -hmm. to do it? And, and if they're not looking at those things, I think that that's a miss. Um, yeah, you know, and I think, and I do, and I think people oversubscribe on this idea that like you physically have to be there. I go back to even, and I'm thinking about this before the, before we got on today is, you know, go back to even thinking about how offices changed, right? You went from, you know, the offices on the outside and the high walled cubes and, mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff to the most more open floor plans right. and, and things. Right. And, you know, and then in, certainly you took it to a different level in the, in the tech world with, you know, beanbags and hammocks <laughs> and, and whatever else, right. <laughs> slides and all that. And then, you know, not knocking any of that necessarily, but um, you know, did, did that provide additional collaboration? I don't know, maybe in certain cases, I guess, but I, I got to believe that, that that isn't why Google's Google, mm -hmm. you know, um, I, I just because I think Google's Google because you you hired a lot of really, really bright people, you mm -hmm. know, had some really great leadership for a time and, you know, and and were able to do some some really, really inventive things. And it, it might have meant I, I just wonder how much spontaneous stuff actually happened that led to anything material. And there's probably things out there that I'm not aware of. So, I, so you know, don't send me little hate comments. That, <laughs> what about this? What about that? Because I'm sure that there are things out there. But but again, I go back to sort of the 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 the, the by and large of things. And and so, I, you know, there is no statistics that I've ever seen or data that says being in the office equals collaboration equals innovation equals revenue. Like I've right. never seen that all tied together anywhere. You know, I think people think that and feel that it's preferences, right? Or wrong. Everything is like, yeah, what do you want? What do you think? Um, but I've never seen anyone. And, and I've, you know, obviously there's some engagement data out there. Right. And mm -hmm. there's some, some data that says people are more engaged if they're in the office X, X days a week. But I, I come back to the idea of, is that, because of how you've tied your culture, because you haven't, because the idea that you have to be in the office to be engaged to me seems a little crazy. Take us, for example. We've worked together now for over a year. I've never met you in person. Right. 
I've, I'm starting a business with you. I've never met you in person. Right. And how much trust is that? You start a business with somebody, right? Yeah. And we've never met in person because, you know, we haven't had to, but right. tools to create the trust and engagement. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I think people are probably scratching their head over, over us saying this, but unless you're in that situation, I, I don't know that you do understand it because I think there's some people who couldn't do it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and I think for us, and I think a lot of recruiters, that's what we do. We, we build relationships and I've built a really good, obviously a good relationship with yeah. you. Um, and I, I, but I don't think that that's unique, right? I think that's a human thing to build relationships, but if you structure your culture and your environment to where the only way to build meaningful relationships is in the office, well, naturally you've now set the table for the results you're going to get when you ask someone what they want. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It totally makes sense. Yeah, absolutely does. And, and I think you're right. Um, Although I'd also say now that people have had a taste of the other Mm -hmm. because of the pandemic, right or wrong. And so now that they've sort of seen the other side of that, that makes them question that cultural setup, Mm -hmm. you know? And so now, again, I think you're always going to have folks that want to be there for a variety of reasons. Maybe they don't want to be at home, you know, maybe they want to get away from their significant other, whatever, (laughs) right? Their kid, their kid. Um, and again, no judgment there either. So Some no, days you no, do, no, no hate comments. Some days yeah, you just got to get out of here. Yep. And so, um, and, and, and that I respect as well. And so I think that to some extent, you know, having an office to go to, if someone wants to do that, is not necessarily a bad thing, but the, it's the mandating, the mandating part of it. That's the part that where I, where I struggle. And, and I even, I was looking at some other stuff, right? And you can look at, there's lots of stats out there. Like you and I've already looked at like Gallup and, and whatnot, but like ZipRecruiter has them, Indeed has them. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, one of the things I thought was interesting was, I think it's ZipRecruiter said remote jobs get fifty percent more activity. Oh wow! You know, well, yeah, that, that so bears out to you know when we were at Amazon, there were some internal studies that, and experimentation yeah. that completely yeah, proved that absolutely. And so, yeah, and so it doesn't necessarily mean that you get better candidates. You know, volume doesn't always equal better, but at the same time, it. It, it might. Mm-hmm. And, and if you're getting more people to look at your stuff, that's probably going to be better for you at the end of the day. And so, um, and indeed has similar statistics. And actually there's one actually that I want to, that I thought was interesting. And so remote jobs are still above the 2019 level today. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was 2%, 2% in 2019 prior to pandemic. Um, and it's eight and a half percent now, but it was higher than that during COVID, right? So you've seen kind of this, 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 it's, it's increased and got to a peak in COVID come back down, but not back to where it was. And so, so with that, I think that's good. Um, and you know, and, and these job boards seem to think, and you know, they have economists, statisticians and all that. Mm -hmm. It seems that this ability to, to, to work remotely has, has definitely impacted and is something that people want a whole lot more of. And, and again, I go back to this idea that if companies aren't willing to play ball, like, I just don't know that that's a sustainable thing mm-hmm. at the end of the day for them to continue to get the, the, the neat, the, the amount of talent and the amount of the best talent to be there. Yeah. You know, and I think we will see it play out even in the banks, you know, you've got some banks that aren't, requiring as much of the in office and some that are requiring a whole lot more. I'm curious to see even how that trickles down to the campus recruiting, which is where, you know, they get a lot of their junior bankers. Mm-hmm. Like, are you going to have more more people want to go to to the bank that has either the remote or more hybrid versus the bank that requires you in five days a week? Yeah. If, you know, if, if I am in a company where you have kind of gone the route and said, okay, you know what? We understand that this is where people are. We're going to make more hybrid and more remote jobs. I'm stepping on the gas and putting that out there as part of the employee value proposition. Oh, absolutely. Because you're going to dust people who are, who are forcing people back into the office. If you were then saying same work, right? But look at our culture and we're going to give you that part of that work-life balance flexibility of working remote. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, and the other thing with that is makes me think is, you know, and this is where I think that people start to poke holes, particularly in the, in the junior levels anywhere, right. Is what about the mentorship? Mm-hmm. What about the mentorship? Right. And I think that that's a fair question and a fair point. Um, 
that you know that people, particularly more junior people, need more mentorship. You know, I think it's less it's less important, and everybody always needs mentors, but it's less important when you're more when you're further mm-hmm. along in your career, right? You know, you built a skill set and you know how to navigate the world differently and all that. You know, but the junior people are, are learning a lot of that, and so they need to 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 be around that a bit more. What what I find interesting though is, are you going to see these more senior people be around less? And if you, even if your junior people are in more, they won't be getting the mentorship, so that those <laughs> things now won't be congruent. Um, I think in some places that's that's probably true, and others, if you're just making everybody come back, it is what it is. And so I do think there's value to some extent, but again, I go back to how do you still make a mentorship strong culture even if people aren't necessarily sitting together all the time right right and i think that it can, i and i and i'm going to contend that it can be done well especially for younger folks i mean now you're talking about people who grew up essentially in the pandemic right so they yep they got used to these tools i'm not, i'm not an old geezer but i'm going to call us old geezers they're used to these things to an extent that you and i are not and yeah. it's native to them. So I don't think they're the issue. I don't think they're saying, I have to have someone in front of me to have a mentor. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's us geezers. And that being said, I'm not going to say that's 100%, right? I think you're going to have all over the map. But I think for the most part, the younger, you know, millennials, millennials aren't even that young anymore, but you know, <laughs> no, it's Gen, well, Gen Z now, right? Yeah. I've heard them called zillennials. Zil- I don't know if that's actually a real term, but I thought, I thought that was kind of funny or right, we'll just, we'll just go with Gen Z. <laughs> yeah. But I, you know, I think they, you know, they're prepared to handle this more than we are. I, I think we're not prepared to transmit, but I think they're ready to receive. Mm-hmm. That's a really great way to put it. Actually. Yeah. I think, I think you're absolutely right. So, so it's, I did think of a silly question to ask you. And I wonder, right, this just occurred to me because I've been in a lot of meetings where, I, where decisions were made and it was just like, are you really going to do that? And I just wonder how much of this mandated peanut butter spread, we're all coming back X days a week, becomes comes out of the, the idea that, well, not everybody needs to do it. And, but if, if we make them do it, they're going to get mad. So let's just make everybody do it. Do you think there's an element of that? 100% I do. Yeah, it's this it's this idea of trying to trying to get what you want. You know, you can put it under the guise of need, but I'm going to tell I'm just going to say it's you you get what you want and you're just hoping that you piss as few people off as possible. <laughs> yeah. Right? And you know, so if you start picking and choosing, then maybe you're going to get more pissed off people. That's the that's the risk, right? Right. Um, whereas if you peanut butter spread it, then at least you can say like, well, we're being fair. <laughs> you know, you, yeah. you know, and so, so the optics of it are better. And again, like now, maybe now everybody's low grade pissed off versus you have, <laughs> versus you have a couple of groups that are super pissed off because they're the ones that got singled out. Right. You know, so I, you know, I, I do, I do definitely think that there's an element of that. And I think it, I do. I, I think it all goes right back to trying to try to mitigate the risk, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and that, that's all there is to it. And I, maybe that's a cynical way to look at it, but I really do think that that's the case. Yeah. I'm, you know, in my mind, I, I 100% agree with you because I've, I've just been there so many times in the room where you're like, oh, you guys are really going to do that. Okay. But, you know, the way to go about it is to just say, look, every leader is different and every team is different. Let them figure it out. And mm-hmm. if if I'm on your team and, and you know, you come into a meeting and, and David says, look, this team is going to be in the office three days a week. As long as I have the opportunity to say, can I transfer to another team? That's not that's not going to work for me. I think that's the way to do it, because then you're going to have people mm-hmm. who are like, you know, this team's going to be remote and like, I don't want to work remote. Well, go work, for, work, go work for David. Mm-hmm. To me, that that's the adult thing to do. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think giving giving people those choices. Um, but what's interesting about that, and this just literally occurred to me, Rodney, as you were saying it is at Amazon that was the original stance they took do you yeah. remember yeah it was it was to let each director decide 
what their um, what what the best is for their team mm-hmm. because the teams in in Amazon you know they do operate pretty independently and in, in, in some cases they are pretty siloed you know then you can argue that right or wrong you know but, but that is the case and so you're letting each of your sort of subunits if you will kind of make their own decisions and 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 I for whatever reason I guess they decided they didn't like that <laughs> yeah. and. So now it's like, and it's returned to office. Actually, it was this month, right? Mm-hmm. So um, unless you are coded as as being a virtual person, you know, a lot of people were working remotely that that were coded to offices and things in the system, mm-hmm. you know. And now those those are the people that are that are you know getting hit with this stuff. And so I think that it's interesting. And I don't think Amazon's necessarily unique in in that. So I'm not trying to pick on Amazon specifically because there are a lot of companies, like I said, that have backtracked on. Yeah. You know, we're remote. No, we're not. We're hybrid or whatever it is. And I think that's the worst of all worlds. When you when you go out with when you make a statement and then you take it back. Yeah, that is the worst of all worlds. And in some cases, it's implied through the pandemic. Like Mm -hmm. we've seemed to be successful through the pandemic. And even if the company hasn't made a statement that this is how we're going to stay, I think people look at it and go, well, hey, we've killed it. We've never been better. Mm -hmm. Why now would we want to? go back to the old way. Right. Like what does that, what, what purpose does that serve and how does that help us then be better? Yep. And that, and that's a fair question. I think that a lot of people ask and unfortunately have really not gotten a lot of good answers. Yeah. You know, as we're having this discussion, I'm going to have a, a, you know, my conclusion honestly is people have not sufficiently thought this through. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think everyone has moved way too fast and jumped the gun in all of these decisions. I, I think there's so much data out there that that can help you make a data-driven decision as to were we productive during the during the pandemic and we were remote. Okay, yes or no. If it's no, then obviously come back to work. Sure. But if you maintained your productivity, then that's probably a good point to say okay well let's look at that do we really need to go back in and can we can we let go of some of this office space and kind of transmit that into travel budgets for people to collaborate and things like that but you know i as you know this solidifies my thinking that i think people are jumping the gun a little bit mm-hmm. so i don't i mean that's that's i I think so, but I also think, and I, and I think you know, it's what it's rooted in, because I think you're right. But I do, I really think what it's rooted in too is, you know, particularly particularly companies, public companies that are really beholden to shareholders mm-hmm. and market fluctuations and those things. You know, th- those are the companies that I that I think will make more of these short term kind of decisions, or I'm going to call them knee jerk actually, even to some extent, mm-hmm. and and um, all in the attempt to try to pump up the value for the shareholders. Right. Um, Quarter to quarter, year year to year, that that sort of thing. Meet meet the analyst expert, anything you can do. Yeah. Um, And so, and and I think that there are some of that decision making rooted in that. Fair point. You know, I I, I think if if a CFO thinks that if they mandate this, that that's going to make the shareholders feel more comfortable with whatever way the company's going, they're probably going to do it. You know, and and you can argue where layoffs come into play in a lot of ways too, because there are a lot of stats that show that like layoffs actually don't really save much money. You know, they might in the short term, it always comes back to bite on the, on the back end. And so, you know, so it's, it's more of an optics play to some extent, I think too. Mm -hmm. Yep. Totally agree. And I hope that doesn't sound too conspiracy theory, but I, but I, but I think that the decision-making unfortunately isn't as long-term and well thought out as one would like to believe from these really, really bright heads of companies. Yeah. You know, I, I, couldn't agree more. It's a very nuanced, human-based decision. Mm-hmm. And I think to kind of walk in and, and say, we're just going to do this peanut butter spread based on this. And, and I'm I'm not going to say that the, the data shoddy or not well thought out or not well put together. These are PhDs putting this stuff together. I don't doubt the, the data, but I think that the issue is more complex than what the data is showing. Mm-hmm. And I think people are making decisions based on that data without really absorbing the complexity of the humanity behind this decision. And and that's where I think it needs more consideration. But as soon as to to what we're saying, I think as soon as I see, well, everybody back three days a week, 
and you're telling that to a million people or your company is 30,000 or 16,000 people, kind of just, and, and again, when I look at the statements, they're all about, we collaborate best in the office. You know, our relationships are best in the office. We, you know, we, we are happier when we're, when we have some component in the office. I think those are self-dealing kind of statements. And I think you're kind of backing into your logic at that point. Anyway. <laughs> well, is what is that called? There is something there. It's like, it's a, um, there's, there's a bias with that and it has to do with kind of habit. Mm. Um, and there's, there's actually, I'm, it's absolutely escaping me because there's an actual term for it that, that, that gets to that. But what it, what it is like definitionally is, you know, there's a bias to going back to and being com more comfortable with what you know. Mm, yeah, yeah. And, and, and that makes sense. We're all human. Right. And, mm -hmm. and so I think, and we all have that. And, and I think that's fair, but, but again, you're making decisions on that as if it's not biased. Right. Or you're purporting that it's not biased. And, and I always go back to that. It's, I'm going to have to just call BS when you tell me, well, it's more collaborative. How, what does that mean? Mm hmm you know, define that because that's such a nebulous thing and it sounds good. It does. Um, you know, but, but at the same time, I, and I think there's probably in some cases where you could pinpoint, well, it means X, Y, and Z. I think in a lot of cases you can't, and it remains nebulous and remains sounding good, but there isn't anything under it that would indicate that it's actually true. Right. Well, you know, and I think that the Gallup data actually, says that right so i think it was 31 percent said that online meetings aren't as productive 17 percent said they are more productive but it's like 50 something percent said that it doesn't matter one way or the other but then all of a sudden we're going to go cater to the 31 percent that said that it's not right so it comes right back to okay how have we defined collaboration now to where these 30 percent need to, we need a 16,000 person company or more, right? Whatever size your company is to now cater to these 31%. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. Yep. And if you were to say, you know, if you were to ask the the powers that be, guess where they fall? 31%. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I said, you so. know, but it goes back. To, yeah. <laughs> but it goes back to what you're saying too, about, you know, what's not taken into account is, and, and I think, this, and this is what I was alluding to, even talking about collaboration, is the devil's in the details. Mm -hmm. The devil's in the nuance. And until you really can get at that and what that actually means, it's 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 going to fall on a lot of deaf ears and piss a lot of people off. Yeah. And 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 if you're willing to live with that as a company and hope for the best, you know, it's a risk calculation. Yeah. At the end of the day, and if you're okay with that, so be it. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I think short term they're okay. Right. Because that's where the market mm -hmm. is. But longer term, you know. Yep. We shall see. We shall yeah. see. So uh, that's is uh, it's 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 going to be interesting to see where this all goes. Um, I'm skeptical that that being in the office all the time is going to stick for a lot of companies. But I could be wrong. You know, it could be just heavy handed enough that, it, that this is what happens. And if you get enough companies that do it. You know, then yeah. then maybe then maybe it sticks, you know, like and I'll go back to even the big tech companies. Right. Even with the layoffs and these things, I still believe you're you know, right or wrong that they'll still be able to hire good people. They'll still be able to hire recruiters. back. 100%. All of those things. So they are they really going to feel it? You know, I don't know. Uh, probably not. But, I, you know, what what will happen is, you know, and, you know, I think this is the moral of the story. They're going to lose some. And so you're going to have some smaller companies who are able to adjust their culture mm -hmm. and grab talent and then go compete because of this. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you, you may not be the, the size of a company that's going to care that two or three of your top people go somewhere else because you can replace them. But, you know, they're going to go somewhere maybe smaller that is flexible and going to let them work remote and they're going to go eat someone's lunch and they might eat, you know, 5% of your lunch, which you may not care, 1% of your lunch, and but they're still going to eat. <laughs> yep. That, that's, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Awesome. So what do you think? Second, second week, you like it? You, you're going to stick with it? I, oh my gosh. Yes. I love this. This is, um, this is a, this is a highlight of my week too. I, I, uh, I, I really,
really I really like talking about this stuff and maybe just because I like to talk. Um, but I really, I really do enjoy the stuff and, um, it's, it's always fun to have these conversations. And like I said, if I, I hope that it's interesting to, to some, you know, of, the, of our audience and that they get something out of it and, you know, and, and if all they get out of it is, it's just fun to listen to us. I can live with that. Yeah. But if it's, if there's other little nuggets that cause them to think about things and then they take that back and into their professional lives or personal lives or whatever, and can use it in some capacity because it gets them thinking about it, like all the better. Right. But, but for me personally, I, uh, I just enjoy it. So I'm, I'm, I'm all for this stuff. Yeah. And, and, you know, for, for everybody out there, I mean, I have thick skin. If you've got feedback, let me know. If you don't like the sound of my voice, I can use a voice changer. It's, it's all good. Just let me know. <laughs> but if there are topics that you, you want to, you know, be a part of, or if you want to come on the show and talk with us, let us know. I'm, I'm happy to have guests. I think we've, we've had guests and we probably should, should think about that at some point. Right. Yeah. Oh, I think so. Absolutely. I know guests can, guests can really spice things up, you yeah. know? And, and I think that, you know, eventually, and maybe even already people will be tired of listening to us talk. Mm -hmm. So I, I think getting, getting a new perspective and a new, a new, uh, you know, kind of guest idea in there. I, I think that's great. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so all for it. If you want to come on the show, let us know. We'll, we'll have I'll, a I'll sign up for you. The, the guest thing has worked pr pretty well for like uh, Rogan. So I think uh, <laughs> if, 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 if you could take a lesson from uh, some super successful podcasters, maybe maybe we should. Yeah, maybe we, we should uh, see if we can get any brave CHROs to come in and, and let us pepper them with. with uh... Ooh, I like it. I like it. <laughs> so if you are a brave CHRO and want to be a part of it, you please let us know. You got it. I'll, I'll, I'll go hit my list up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody. And, you know, again, thank you for listening this week. Don't forget to subscribe to the to the podcast. And if you have any questions or, or feedback that you want to give us, send us a note at uh, thatrecruitershow at gmail.com. We're happy to to engage with you, answer any questions you have. Or again, if you want to be on the show or you have something you want to put out there, we're, we're happy to convey that, too. But, uh, you know, in the meantime, we'll see you next week. And thanks for listening to That Recruiter Show. <music>